Hi everyone, and welcome to another exciting edition of Words, Images, and Worlds. I am delighted on this episode to be talking with a teacher of teachers, a researcher in the world of literacy, an author in the world of literacy. Uh, that is Miss Laura Robb. Thank May you. I call you Laura, or or what's the the preference there? Laura is fine. All right. Yeah. Um, you are the author of Teaching Reading in the Middle School, which is one of the books that goes back with me. I started as a middle school teacher. I taught eighth grade for eight years before I taught college and high school. And so that that's a wonderful book that's out in the world. And you also have a book on increasing reading volume that I know that we'll mention as we go through as yeah. well. Yes, I, I'm a big believer that uh, the more kids read, uh, the better they get and the better chance there is of them developing a personal reading life so that when they're adults, they can turn to reading. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. You know, my granddaughter is, has been quite ill and has battled leukemia mm -hmm. and reading and audiobooks have really helped her so much, much more than I think television and things like that. Yeah. 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 I, I remember I think we connected in the spring or summer and you mentioned that your your daughter was having some health issues and so sending care and and bibliotherapy. That's the one. Right. Uh, bibliotherapy, definitely uh, a good thing. Yes, I know she, I, I sent her a stack of books and I was down last week. Uh, it's my granddaughter, not my daughter. Oh is, sorry, sorry, yeah, granddaughter. Sorry. Okay. Yes. Um and uh and she said, Grandma, I have a big stack. I said, so you'll have a double stack mm -hmm. <laughs> that you can choose. You have more choice which one you want to do. Um, so, and it's fun. She knows I, I'm really big on reading, so, uh, mm -hmm. which is good. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, curious about what connected you to this this world of reading. What, what made you, uh, inspired you to be uh, sort of a reading advocate? Well, you know, when I was um, a little child, a long time ago, um, my we were really poor. There were four of us living in a tiny three-room apartment. Uh, but my mother took me to two libraries. One, uh, we had to take a bus, so we did that once a week. And one was in the projects about a half a block away from where I lived. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went there. Every, practically every day. By the time I was eight or nine, I was able to walk there alone. The librarian knew me. Uh, and books became an important part of my life very early on. Uh, mm -hmm. And then fast forward, um, when I lived in New York, well, I'll go back first. I lived in New York. I worked in advertising. I was not a teacher. I was an English literature major a music minor and never took any education classes. And my husband, who was a singer, took a job uh, at Shenandoah University in Winchester, Virginia. Mm -hmm. And there were no advertising agencies. There was nothing there uh, for me to do. And he said, why don't you try to teach? So I put some applications in and I got a job in a country school about 15 miles from the apartment we were renting in the city of Winchester, which is small. And uh, I was teaching sixth grade, replacing the wife of the principal and the only person 
on staff not related to the principal. Mm-hmm. He did not have um, a high opinion of people from New York, but the central office had hired me. He was in a bind because his wife was having surgery. Mm-hmm. I walked, Jason, I walked into that sixth grade classroom. There were 32 children. There wasn't one book in that mm-hmm. classroom. I had one basal reader that did not satisfy the needs of all the children. There was a small library in a classroom. The books were old and worn um, and certainly not books that would interest the kids in my room. So I called my parents because by the time um, I I was older, I was buying books and uh, they put them when I left Winchester, they put them in the attic of their house. Uh-huh. And uh, I said, Mom, bring those boxes, all of them, because there were my brother's Hardy Boy books and uh, in, nonfiction books. There were my Nancy Drew books and Bobsy Twins and a lot of other books. And so they brought about 500 books and we had a classroom library. And then I did something bold. I wrote to several publishers and I said, my children don't have books. Can you send me any books that, you you know, any extras, anything. And I started getting books from Scholastic, from Penguin. Um, It was very heartening. And the kids were very excited. And uh, they did a lot of reading. Being an English major and being a reader from, you know, early in my childhood, I wanted those kids to have books and to have that experience of using their imagination and going to other places and bonding with characters. So um, that's what really started me getting interested in reading and, and started to read the research on teaching reading because prior to that, I hadn't done, done anything like that. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I got into it. And uh, I still, I love, I love to talk about reading. I love to go into classrooms. Uh, in fact, I will be going back. My If my granddaughters uh, is still in remission um, uh, on the 13th, they're going to do some big tests. She will, she'll be up to go to Florida uh, where they have a little apartment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I'm going to go back to teaching. I have a student who uh, had asked me to mentor her and I worked with her for a year and a half, but then I had to stop. Uh, because I couldn't have contact with a lot of people if I was going to visit my granddaughter. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go back to that. Uh, it's the seventh grade class, and, and I love it. And so we team teach. I go in two or three days a week. Um, and um, it just it it lifts my soul and my energy. That's the mm-hmm. only way I can put it. And uh, there's nothing... Uh, being around students who are yelling, I love this book, you know, and wanting <laughs> other people, uh, you got to read this or listen to this passage. And uh, so uh, that's what I plan to do. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And, uh, you are 40 plus years in the teaching profession in one way or yeah. another at this point. Is that right? More than 45. If you count the part-time work that I've been doing uh, since I retired, I have I've not had a full year where I have not been in a classroom or more than one classroom. So, and I, I find that, I find that if I'm going to write about reading, um, I need to be connected Uh uh to the people I'm writing about and writing for. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree, completely agree, um, which leads to the, the practical nature of increasing reading volume as well. So it sounds like access is one of those things um, for building strong and active readers. And you mentioned uh, keying into the research there as well. A any other ingredients for building strong and active readers that you want to throw into the, the mix there? Yes, choice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I want children to have choice. Uh, independent reading is ideal because uh, I think the teacher can model how you choose a good fit book and they need to know that it should be fun and easy, that uh, we don't want to struggle when we're doing independent reading and, uh, and the choice to abandon a book. When I was in school, I couldn't abandon a book. If I didn't like a book, I had to finish it whether, and, and it was like, it was like, sitting in front of cream of wheat, which my mother made me sit until she, she, she had to release me to go to school because I refused to eat it. It was it was that same feeling that you have to read a book that you're not connecting with, that you're not interested in. So uh, being able to abandon a book, choice, um, and having a rich library of culturally relevant books. I was fortunate enough to be able in my last like 10 or 15 years of teaching to be able to give children choices in instructional reading mm -hmm. or, um, be, because I, I, I so valued that choice. And once they have choice, there's great investment. It's the same thing in writing. If they can choose their topic, uh, even, even within the topic of a unit, if you're doing a unit on the civil war, they can choose their topic or you're doing a unit on stereotypes or friendship. And then they can uh, write about something that is meaningful to them. If Donald Graves said, said something uh, years and years ago that really resonated with me, that you have to be in touch if you're a teacher with your own literacy life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you begin to think about the things that make you an active reader, then you can begin to bring those to the table and give those to the children so that they begin to feel that they they're empowered over their learning lives. And the other thing I do with classroom libraries, um, I, I tell teachers every year to make sure the principal sets aside budget money to add books to the class library um, and then I have a box with suggestions mm -hmm. and I ask the kids to suggest books they want to see in the library or multiple okay. copies of books, a book that's really popular. If you only have one copy, it becomes torture for the kid that's third or fourth in line waiting to read it. So um, those are some things that create active readers that involve them in their reading lives uh, and, and I really believe in that. I like to have choice as a teacher mm -hmm. uh, and as adult in my friendships and relationships with others and definitely in my reading life. Yeah. I want them to have those same choices. So that's important for teachers to do some reflection like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm thinking about, <clears throat> excuse me, students I've had this past semester who, when they've chosen a book, 
because we, we've taken time to go to our learning commons, uh, classroom library, cheese books, they, they get a little bit into it. And it's almost like they're apologizing and they're like, I'm really not into this book. So that's okay. That is okay. I do that all the time. I'll start a book and think, oh, this is not for me. And I'll go to something else. Um, so having the the agency and the power to do that is totally a great thing. It's good. And, you know, there's something else that it's interesting that you can do. And my son-in-law did it uh, to me before I left Charlottesville um, two days ago. But uh, he gave me a book. And he said, Laurie, you're going to love this, but you got to get through chapter four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a slow start. And sometimes if we tell that to kids, like sometimes if I, a, a kid can't choose a book and I'll say, well, here are two or three books. But mm -hmm. this one, you're going to have to go past chapter two or chapter four uh, and then tell me that you don't like it. And that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. So again, if you think about the things you do as a reader, why are the children we teach any different? Uh -huh. They have the same needs and and, uh, and they respond to having a certain amount of control over their choices. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so any particular strategy, idea, you mentioned... Um, building classroom libraries you mentioned administrators supporting that with uh budget uh literacy lives taking a close look at that a anything else that you'd like to share with teachers that they can think about yes um to me one of the most important strategies that a teacher has is the think aloud mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i i use that think aloud um, as part of my read aloud and I, I have two levels of a read, around, read aloud. One is just for pleasure and joy and, you know, just learning and having fun with a book. I will, I, and I'll, I'll, I will do think alouds as I'm reading aloud, mm -hmm. but I also use the think aloud as a teaching tool and, mm -hmm. and transfer it to the kids. So let me be a little more specific. If I'm reading just for pleasure, one of the things that I like to model is how a character makes me feel or why I'm worried or angry at a character. Uh, and I'll stop and I'll say, oh, I can't get this feeling out of me. And I said, you know, that's what happens when you're really into a book. Mm -hmm. Because I have found, especially reluctant readers or children who don't have a rich, you know, personal reading life, they're most of them are reading words, but they're not they're not using their imagination. They're not creating pictures. And I'll stop and say, this is what I see. And I see it so clearly. And I, I will describe it uh, to the children so they know that when you read your emotions and your feelings are very much involved, that you also ask questions Okay. And you and and you picture things. You use your imagination and you visualize. When I use it as a teaching tool, I'm very very specific. So one of the things I find with a lot of the children in that come to middle school, not all of them, is they say, "Well, you know, reading is boring, Mrs. Robert. It's just reading." And what I think they mean, it's just reading words. And so as a teaching tool, 
I will use my read aloud to, and I'll start by saying, I'm going to show you what goes on in my mind as I'm reading and how it helps me connect and understand to the book. So I'll stop and I'll ask a question. Um, I'll pause and I will, uh, I will apply a strategy. I say, oh, look at this. I'm going to infer this about this character because I have all these details and I can understand him better. And as I read aloud, I'm showing them that I'm building comprehension. Comprehension is not a set of questions we answer at the end of the reading, uh -huh. but comprehension happens from the first word that we read. And, and so I, I can do that again and again and again. Sometimes I will just focus on making inferences or comparing and contrasting um, because these are important reading strategies and help readers uh, as they're reading. But it's, it's a wonderful thing for children to hear language and the beauty of our language and uh -huh. words. But then if you take time when they need it, to do that, think aloud and show them how you feel, how you're building comprehension and that comprehension happens all along. And then sometimes I show them how I have to go back and think about something that happened earlier in the story mm -hmm. uh, or earlier in a poem if I'm sharing a poem. But what you're doing is you're making visible what good readers do. And a lot of kids don't know that. We assume they know it, but I, I make no assumptions at all. And the other thing is, um, eventually, I have kids, when they're doing book clubs and they're reading the same book that they've chosen, I have them think aloud. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And, and uh, you know, and sometimes they choose, tell me what you want to think aloud um, and share. And uh, it, it, they get very excited because once they start thinking aloud, they also do more of that in the head silent thinking, mm -hmm. which is very important. And that's what makes reading magical. It's not just the coding. I, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I will never forget this fifth grader. His mother came for years. I taught fifth grade before I taught middle school. Um, and uh, his mother came in and she said, I'm really mad at you. My son can read the Washington Post. I brought it and I want him to read it to show you. Because <laughs> you have him you have him reading books on a third grade instructional level. And I I I said, he can say the words, but he can't remember the information. Mm -hmm. You can't think or feel with the text. And so if you can just be patient, we'll get him there by the end of the year because he wants to. But but reading is more than just holding a newspaper and and, re, and just, you know, blabbing off the words. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and she was upset with me until finally things clicked. Um, and then she was very, very excited. And she understood that that he was really reading. When we think of reading and comprehension, uh, it's a very complex experience. Uh -huh. So, um, but 
And I'm always patient with parents, you know, and listen to them because they love their kids. They want the best for their kids. Uh, and But the think aloud to me is a premier strategy yeah, that teachers yeah. have at their fingertips. Making that invisible process somewhat visible. Yes, yeah. yes. And letting them into your heart and your mind because reading is not only the mind, it's not only an intellectual thing, but it's the heart. When a book affects the heart, it's like when you cry or you hold your breath and you can't stop reading because you have to find out what's going to happen next. Mm -hmm. That's your heart entering into the reading process. And I want kids to know that. Love it. Love it. Um, as we come to the last question, any resources that you would want to share with teachers, um, web spaces, any sort of go-to spots if people want to learn more and uh, continue to think about this work? Um, well, my son and I have a blog uh, mm -hmm. called the Rob Review Blog. And we have a lot of guest writers. Lester Laminac just wrote a wonderful piece on comprehension. Uh, Tim Rosinski will be writing one for December and January. Uh, it's free. Um, occasionally, he and I uh, write, do, do something on that. Um, but I, what, I, what I think teachers need to do is, if you want to find a book, Google Goodreads, uh, Google uh, the, uh, the Nerdy uh, Book Club, Mm -hmm. These are places where you'll get reviews uh, from readers and, uh, and and you'll be able to find materials. But, you know, the Google app is, is terrific because you can find anything uh, you want. And, and also, there are lots of blogs for teachers. Mm -hmm. So the one thing I want, would love to talk about for a minute is um, I'm going to be part of this big virtual um, professional learning uh, called edulink.com. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's going to launch probably in December or January. Uh, I Next week, I'm going to be, um, they're going to be interviewing me and that'll, the interview will be part of my course on independent reading and increasing reading volume. And they'll turn that into a, um, a PowerPoint, which I will uh, give my approval, and teachers can go on and uh, and purchase my books, purchase classroom libraries I've developed with Penguin Random House for pre-K through grade eight, uh, and I, I'm very excited about that because I think more and more, uh, due to the all the things that pull us and and how teaching has becoming so complicated that we have very little free time. And budgets are tight that um, de professional development will be uh, purchasing a course at a re very reasonable price, watching mm -hmm. it, the school purchases, purchases it, and then the teachers can watch it at their leisure when they have the time. Um, they can also have uh, virtual professional development or, and webinars, again, when they have the time. Mm -hmm. It, it's very difficult um, to take time off to go to a conference. It, you know, you have to pay the teacher's expenses, pay for a substitute, and it's only one person who is learning and bringing it back. The whole purpose of this EduLink 
is that we want to give all teachers in a school or all teachers in a grade level across the district opportunities to learn, but when the time is right for them. Mm, love it. Love it. Yeah. Love so it. it's edulink.com. Uh, you can, you know, I, I'm not sure of the exact launch date, but uh, I, I'm, I'm sure that by January it will be running very well. Wonderful. Wonderful. We're well, well, glad to share about that uh, as I share this. And uh, I, I appreciate your time so very much. Well, and it's so good to get to know you. And I, yeah. I'm excited about your book. Oh, so, well, thank you. <laughs> really, I, I, graphic novels are so important. They really are. I And I I love the visuals. I myself love them. Do you have time for one more story? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So I loved uh, Wonder Woman comics, and I was not allowed to read comic books. My, my parents were both very strict about that. And so years ago, when I was young, Life magazine was a big, tall magazine, and they subscribed to it. And so I would put my Wonder Woman comic book in Life magazine and hold it up, and I'd be reading my <laughs> comic. Well, of course, I got caught. <laughs> uh, and so what I did, like a good middle schooler, I took all my comic comics and gave them to my friend who lived in the same apartment building mm-hmm. and she kept them for me and whenever I visited her I read my comics nice yeah comics are wonderful you know and you're getting you're you're appealing to two parts of a reader the visual and the text mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah so I encourage uh, everyone I encourage adults to read graphic novels Absolutely. Same here. Same here. And and thanks for mentioning the book. Um, yeah, uh, as you might have guessed from the number of comics people that are on the podcast, I'm a big fan of comics as well. Right. Yes. I, <laughs> well, and I I love I still I love Wonder Woman. I love the movie. Uh, you know, it's something from my childhood that started early, and having it having been deprived, you know, but finding a way to work around it, like most mm-hmm. middle schoolers do. Uh, I the joy of reading it has stayed with me, um, and every graphic novel that goes goes into the, a classroom library where I'm coaching a teacher, I read before I put it on the shelf, Same. Um, so I can talk to the kids about it. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I, it's it's great. We're on the same page, and and it really is nice to talk to somebody uh, who is child centered and. Uh, and, and gives uh, respects, you know, when you give children choice, mm-hmm. it shows that you value their decisions and you respect their decisions. And that's very important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And may I say, um, before the the interview is over, you are a Wonder Woman of reading. You oh, become a Wonder Woman. So I uh, take that badge with great honor. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate the time. Glad to talk anytime and uh, glad to feature you again to to talk something else in the world of reading at some point. That'll be lovely. Um, thank you so much. You have a good day. And it's been a delight getting to know you and talking. Great to talk with you as well. Bye bye. Bye. Oh,